Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. We're Hello. back. We I'm are back. Both together. Yep, Yay. I'm back. Woo. So many games. Actually, only eight, but it feels like oh. a lot of games. <laughs> only eight, but it does does feel like so, so many every, games. Every game has a lot of, not a lot, a decent amount of stuff to discuss, which I think is why. Um, yeah, it feels like a lot. Because a lot feels, of times, yeah. even though we usually do like somewhere between, I feel like 10 and 15 games an episode during like club seasons, there are a lot of games that we'll just sort of like mention the score for and move on. And yeah. there's not really much that we're going to do. With that, I think we have at least a couple things to talk about with each of the round of 16 games. Yeah, but... it was a successful... Oh, I realized, too, on the agenda that I said that France played Australia and Argentina played Poland, which is just not true. Um, Good job. I do, well I, do, I do apologize for that. Um, and just, just ignore completely... that in the agenda. I changed it. Anyway, sorry. So sorry. We're going to start, though, with the first round of 16 game that got us underway which was the u.s versus the netherlands um i think going into this we both thought like it wasn't like a foregone conclusion the netherlands was yeah win. absolutely um but also like the u.s was probably gonna have to play at their best to win yep. which yep. um didn't it, happen didn't happen um yep. Netherlands one three one um that, say, I will say this. Yeah. I think that there are a, a couple of factors outside of just getting outside of just the Netherlands being the better team um, that come into play with, with the U S losing here. Um, one is the U S midfield midfield, quite frankly, was visibly gassed. Yes. Um, I think Tyler Adams in particular um, who it, and it was Tyler Adams who failed to track back on the Netherlands first goal. Um, mm-hmm. and I have quite literally never seen that from him before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that to me, like there were some comments after the game about how all three, um, Netherlands goals came from defensive lapses, um, but on the U S's part, which is true. But um, some of the comments were more in the vein of like, oh, well, they should know better. I'm going to be honest. I do not feel as if it was a matter of they did not know better than to make those defensive lapses, but that they had just thrown everything into that Iran game, that there was little to nothing left in the tank. Um, particularly when you consider um, the second and the third goal, whose defensive lapses were really from the two outside backs. Um, from Dest and from Robinson, that neither of those two players were regularly playing 90 minutes coming into this tournament. So we're certainly not at full match fitness um, coming into this tournament and played a lot of minutes really, really well um, for three games in the group stage. So yes, the U.S. should absolutely do better on the goals that they gave up. Absolutely, 100%. they, They should not be giving up, you know, goals like that um yeah like nothing not to take away from netherlands finishing but like several of the goals could have been prevented with better defending Um, i mean they were wide open people yeah people were people who were just not being marked in the box who got open kicks on goal and that is from my view had a lot more to do with exhaustion 
um, than skill. Skill. Yeah. Or sort of like the knowledge of what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think if that's the first game, you know, they don't make those mistakes. Yeah. Um, I also think the U.S. played really well in the first half, even though it was 2-0 going into halftime. Um, I thought the U.S. played really well in the first half. Um, they they had some chances that they really should have scored. Christian Pulisic got in on goal. It was like two minutes into the game. He yeah, really that, that, should have scored that I one. Mean, yeah, he, um, yeah. There were so a there number were, of missed I, chances. Yeah, I think like the opportunities were there for the U.S. I mean, we're we're nearly a week or not. We're we're several days out from this game at, at yeah. this point. It feels like a really long time because every other game has been. Yeah, it was just now. so clear. Um, so much has happened since. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think like I have more positive things to say about the players in this game, U.S. perspective, than I do negative. Yeah. Um, but I also think too, like, I don't know about anyone, but when I saw that this was probably going to be our matchup, if we got out of the group, I wasn't planning for us to go no, to the quarterfinals. I <laughs> didn't expect us to go get to the quarterfinals going into the tournament or even coming out of the group. I didn't necessarily expect it. It, I take more, you know, immediately post game, obviously I was very disappointed, but um, I think I take more from the fact that we can sit here and go, we didn't play our best. Yeah. And had we played better, we could there have. may have yeah. been a different outcome. I, um, I agree. And I find a lot, um, and maybe I'm just, you know, I want to be optimistic. We um, should be optimistic. I mean, you, but we I find should a be lot, optimistic. I find a lot to be optimistic about in this squad. And I think we've talked a lot about, and sort of people in general have talked a lot about the youth of this squad and the fact that nearly – Every actually every single one of the integral players to this team, except perhaps Tim Ream, you could argue is an integral part of this this World yeah. Cup. Um, but every single other player that was really important to this squad um, will be back. Yeah, yeah, for the twenty twenty six World Cup, um, and that's good. And I think it's good that we get knockout round experience, and I think it's good that we get, you know big tournament experience it's good for us to have won a game I mean we didn't give up a single goal from open play in the group stage and I think that's yeah. awesome yeah um and I think we are gonna have there are players that we know about um that didn't make this world cup squad that will be in the 2026 squad you know Chris Richards um you know Tillman Peppy, Paxton play, Aronson. People that we thought may should have been on the team. Some of them were sure. injured and some are a little bit too young. But there's a couple yes. of them in there that maybe should have been on this team. Yes, Peppy, um, you know, even PFOC could still be around. Um, we'll yeah. see. I don't know. I, I'm not. Really, it's it's too hard, I think, to be like, oh, and this Paxton is the Aronson, team for you know? 20. Yeah. But, and, though, I did and then forget, you, And then you bring in have, the fact that. We don't have to qualify uh, for the World Cup. No, we don't have to qualify. Um. And then you have people who are just starting to get some chatter around them. Uh, Slamina, for example. Yeah, I just, I, um, it's too I soon. think we're pretty set for goalkeepers <laughs> for the next Hell period yeah. of time. Go Arsenal. Um, <laughs> you know, so, well, Matt Turner. And then I think by the time Matt Turner is ready, is done, uh, Slamina will be yeah, I agree. In, I agree. in sort of good a good place, in, yeah. in experienced enough to sort of yeah. take over the mantle. Um, and I don't know where we'll be in that takeover in 2026. I think it could go either way. Um, Matt Turner yeah. is what 29. He's um, 28. 
28 late 20s late he'll be 20s. in his he'll be in his early 30s in 2026 yeah. yeah absolutely young enough to still be the starter um i thought he had a great tournament um he did play well i think i think ultimately yeah i think ultimately what i find most frustrating um and what i found most frustrating this entire tournament and we talked about this in last week's um is the managing um yes which we've known we knew that was going to be a frustration um but i think what frustrated me the most is that i felt like you know probably at least 10 of the 11 players every game in the starting 11 were correct even if they're not what i would have picked they were correct right like 10 of the usually most of the starting 11 was right he got his starters right but i don't understand the decisions and substitutions uh Gio Reyna played a total of 55 minutes over four games yeah that's unacceptable and honestly unacceptable in the Netherlands game you saw what could have been yes um and so that's unacceptable um I just think there's no excuse for that I people are like oh well you don't know what's going on behind the scenes maybe he's injured if he he was injured he shouldn't have he said he wasn't Berhalter said he wasn't after he made that first comment the first game. After that, he never said he was injured. Um, and if he was injured where he wasn't even going to be able to play at all. They wouldn't have put him on the team. Why would they put him on the team? Also, and I'm just hearing he like, was oh, playing he so was... well for Dortmund. It wasn't like yes. he picked and up an injury for Dortmund. It was like, like he was full steam ahead. Like one of Dortmund's he was best full steam players ahead with before Dortmund. the World Cup. So, and, and that's what pisses me off because I'm like, some of you guys are literally talking out of your ass. You know that he's been hurt, so you're just like, oh, that must be why he's not playing. He's been hurt. He's been back. This is not For like he is not. He's been back, especially especially when we are not talking about. We had players that were in our starting eleven who really hadn't gotten back before yeah. the World Cup. McKinney, McKinney, Dest, Robinson has said he's basically been playing on one ankle all year. Um, no, he, he hasn't has sat been. at all, but he's been basically playing injured all year. But it's McKinney and Dest both like played very little minutes before the World Cup after post their injuries. Dest hasn't been that's playing not a lot at true all. of G- that's yeah. not true of Gio Reyna. No, he's been playing so full games. I don't so I, I you can say what you want. I, there is nothing, there is no acceptable excuse for me why a player of Gio Reyna's talent only plays 55 minutes over four games. No, it's um, absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous to with considering yes just Sargent was injured I do think that that was a loss for us in this game and I, I do hope for the sake of my sanity that Burhalter would have started him if he was not injured However, I do think he would have I think so I will too. give him credit there I do think he would have had Josh Sargent been available to play however he was not so in which case which we all know you don't probably want to play Haji right again what do you do? Play someone as a goddamn? You can play Weya. You can play Reyna. Play someone as a false nine, please. Because playing Jesus well, so frustrating the to solution was that Jesus Ferreira has not hadn't seen a minute the entire World Cup in the group stage, not a single minute, None. and even before that, hadn't played a competitive game in like ages. Mm-hmm. And and when he was playing competitive games, he was not in great form. Nope. So I just don't understand while you're when you're in a knockout stage of the World Cup, 
why you would put a guy who's seen very few minutes and is has not been in form in your starting 11. And clearly he realized that because he pulled him out at halftime and then put, yeah, you know. But why, like, just like, but what it was, is your, it was what is your logic not to just put the better player on the field in a knockout stage where you're not Listen, scoring a lot there's of There's a time anyway. and a place, there's a time and a place to out-tactic the other team, right? There's a time and a place for that. Um, and if you are the superior side, you can dictate the game that way. Yeah. The U.S. is not at a place yet where we are going to be going up against someone like the Netherlands and be the superior side. Yes. We're not. No. Um, and when you are not going up against the superior side, you just got to get your best 11 guys on the field and you got to go at it. Yeah. And it's not the prettiest and it's not the most fun and it's not this, you know, the the smart soccer way to do it. But that's how you win the game. Also, though, like, I think that anything in the movement of the game recently, I think that the game is not necessarily needing you to have a classic number nine anymore. Like, I feel like City's no, an example I mean, of that. Like, yeah, so City played three years is like that without too. a number nine. Yeah. And, like, City I think that a, the rotating three Premier is leagues. good. City won two, maybe three Premier Leagues, depending on how you count the latter years of Aguero, without a number nine. <laughs> And not, I don't think that obviously I don't think the U.S. is on par with no, City. No, absolutely not. But, but you still put, you know it works and you put your best players on the pitch. Yep. Just put, they're, they're going to create, right? Yes. It's not like you were scoring you a lot creative. of goals with your number nine who's less good. You weren't yeah. scoring a lot of goals either way. You might as well put the players on the pitch who can create, who will connect. Like seeing Gio Reyna in there just for like a half, you were just like, Oh, he's Why driving he into the box the with the ball on his foot. Yeah. And that is it's dangerous. And you do that more and more. You have more chances, more chances. You're probably going to get a goal. It's, yeah. it's again, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating it's that frustrating. that is like where we're at. Yeah. I, um, I was reading something that was saying like, um, that maybe that like the U.S., soccer federation like thought burhalter was the one to like take us out of like the 2018 disappointment into this now but it was saying sure like, that time is done you yes. can't be there anymore Agreed. Um, and they gave a comparison and now i forget but like it's like you you have to there's going to be the- way more technically and like tactically like advanced coaches out there who will want to coach this squad yes absolutely and they're going we are to now an appealing, and you take it we are now an appealing squad absolutely for a manager yeah. um that's undeniable i think um we have young talent with what seems to be a very good work ethic a very high work rate and they're a good group of boys and um, they have good connection together like i think they yes. all like each other they're, they're a good chemistry of the group. And so I think that's really appealing for a coach of a national team. And their next World Cup is on home soil. Yeah. And, I, you know, I will say this article that I read suggested two play- people. One was mm-hmm. Jesse Marsh, which I think we both agree could hypothetically happen. Yeah. The other was Taylor Twelman, which I thought if that happens, I'm quitting and becoming someone else's fan. I was like, I didn't Does even Taylor know Taylor Twelman have any coaching experience? Yeah. See? unknown i think that we shouldn't go the route of former player especially when former player wasn't even very good so i really hope that doesn't happen the jesse marsh thing could happen though if he stays at leeds 
I don't know. Is that a more attractive position? I have seen, I have seen a couple of things floating around basically about the, is Burhalter going to stay? Is he going to go thing? And there's basically two camps in the sense of people who don't want Burhalter to be the coach of the next world cup. There are people out there who do very few, but there are people, but there's two camps within the, we don't want Burhalter to be the coach at the next world cup. Um, one of them is that he should go now. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, and we should bring somebody in now. The other one was a little bit interesting to me. Um, I, I hate Berhalter, so like, I don't know how I feel about it, but you let me know what you think. Um, the other one was that he signs for like another year, maybe year and a half, to sort of allow the U.S. Federation time to like really seek out a coach. Um, and like maybe signed through 2024 kind of thing where like they really sort of find the right guy at the right time to sort of take over the group. Um, and I don't love that, but if they did it that way, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts. I was thinking this only because I, I for some reason, four years seems like a lot of time with one coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I feel like turnover of national team coaches has seemed generally like been... they generally a national team coach will stick around for one world cup cycle. Yeah. History has told us when their second cycle tends not to go too well. Yeah. So that being the case, sure. Um, I do agree. I would like him as far away from this team as possible. Um, a couple of things in the coach that we do end up getting, I think it's going to be really interesting because I honestly would prefer no I think Jesse March probably falls in this too but a non-American aka someone who won't preference the MLS my only thing is that only thing that I like absolutely need in our next coach is that they need to have European coaching experience yes, exactly and so I think Jesse that that Marsh is, fits that right, Jesse Marsh is an American but he fits yeah. that yeah I don't need ne- I don't I'm not against an American coach I'm not for a non-American coach I, they need coaching experience on the, in, but in top leagues. European coaching experience. Yeah. yeah. I would take, I think probably, I'd say big seven, not big five. Yeah. Like I'd take a, like, um, like Portugal or oh, the Dutch league yeah. um, or Austria. I'd they'd be okay with that too. Yeah. Um, I, I would be fine. It's not like I'm, I'm not trying to be super picky. No, but I am I being picky. And I don't, I also think there is, there is a certain subset of people that do think that Burhalter was indebted to trying to promote some MLS players in this squad. And I would like that not to even be an issue with our next manager. That was also an issue, not only because he, you know, was coaching in the MLS, but also because he's got all those like nepotism connections to US soccer. His brother is like the dude, like that top, I don't know. Which was a lot of weird things. We don't like it. Um. So whether, whether I, I, I not whether it's Jesse Marsh or someone else. Yeah. And I'm not against the idea of him hanging around another, like another year is going to do just about nothing because there's not much going on in the next year. Like I don't really care. Um, And our players, the ones I care about are getting the experience they need at their, like, you know? Yeah. Um, But the other thing. Go ahead. I'm just saying that I would like him gone as soon as possible. Yeah. The other thing to me about a coach with European um, 
management experience is not only because they they play a high level there, higher level there, but also because it's a familiarity with um I think a wider variety of coaching styles yeah, um, I agree. in Europe than there are in within the MLS. Yeah. Um, and so there's, I think a little bit more tactical fluidity mm-hmm. um, and the ability to adjust to different types of playing um, when you are playing against different teams. And there's a bigger familiarity with more players that play on some of these big boy countries, right? You're going to be more familiar with English players, with French players, with Dutch players, which blah, blah. You're going to be just more familiar with those, with Brazilian players, with Argentina. You're going to be more familiar with those high caliber players. Exactly. And I think better able to counter them from a European coach. Um, I have one last note on the U S and this is sort of fuck you a one last fuck you to Greg Warhalter before we move on. Um, And that is, I think we talked about this briefly over text, but he made that comment. He made a comment after the game about how, um, you know, Oh, Oh, like we don't have a Memphis to pie. Like we don't have guys with champions league experience or whatever like that. And that was just an asinine comment to make Yeah, because I think somebody pulled out like, guys in the u.s player pool and memphis to pay to pay or to pie yeah and there's like five or six guys who have more champions league games goals and assists yeah i'm sorry are you paying attention to your own players resumes like chelsea yeah what are you talking about some of them are in the champions league right now Mechanic. Like, y'all got me <laughs> fucked up. Y'all got me <laughs> fucked up. What are you talking? Like, I- and I'm just like, and I understand the point he was trying to make in the sense that, like, but he should have been saying, this is an older, more experienced team. Yeah. <laughs> which it was, who also had an easier group stage. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, yeah. I you know. Not oh we don't have players like that. You you have players Not who have better records play in the than... Champions League. Have you been paying you attention have... the last four years? Are you insane? You have players. You have players who have significantly better Champions League records than you him. Won the damn Champions League. What are you League? talking about? Like genuinely, what are you talking about? That like sho- that. It's shocking to me, and I don't understand. Um, like just don't say. Just keep your mouth shut. You didn't need to say that shit. Um, anyway, one note on the Dutch as they are the team moving through. They just, I mean, they look like they did in the group stage. Like, I almost thought, like, silently good. Like, they're kind of just doing their thing. Some people are calling them boring to watch, but who cares if they're boring if they're winning? Um, they kind of just they have looked- along, and they don't make mistakes really and they put their few chances they have in the back of the net and sometimes that's all you need to do Um, exactly they they i think louis van gaal has a game plan his players execute that game plan i think that is the dutch and um and sometimes that is all you need you need a game plan and you need to execute that game plan and we'll see um how it goes going forward um we'll talk about that when we talk about all the the quarterfinal matchups um but moving on to the next game which was argentina australia um, this one gave me a, a little heart palpitations towards the end there. Yeah, um, I will say I want to just I I want to give Australia a shout out. We probably amongst everyone else didn't give them a light of day when we talked about them at the beginning of all of this. Yeah. Um, they had a very very good tournament. Um, and they should be very proud of 
just like their accomplishments. And as you were saying, they didn't back down from Argentina. Oh, absolutely they made not. that a good game and they made it close. Like, again, I wouldn't necessarily say it was close, close, but like they made it nerdy at the yeah. end there. They didn't give they up made, and bend over. They made, um, they made me want to reach through my screen and uh strangle la toro um, uh, yes but i feel for like the I three chances anyway, that so. he should have scored the those goals um and i hope anyway, um, i will say that argentina are just looking like they're consistently you know getting better um yeah argentina looks better every single game um obviously um they didn't start out well, but I don't think that anyone is now looking back to that loss against Saudi Arabia and being like, oh no, Argentina's still bad. But like this game is a longevity game and they look like they are improving. Um, mm-hmm. and they will have a test against the Netherlands. That's gonna be a quite an entertaining game, I think. Um I agree. And but look, here's my thing. Messi is as Messi does. Yeah. Messi is playing really, really well. Yes. There ain't a whole lot that can be done when Messi is playing really, really, really well. And like you were just saying, I think the Argentinians have looked better every game. And this is a, and that's a really important thing in this tournament um, is that you continue to improve that every game you look better and that you get the job done. And I think they're doing that. Um, I'm really pleased Julian Alvarez is off his mark and scoring great old goals. Good. Very the good. fact that we got him city we as in city got him for like not a lot at 15 all. mil like dirt cheap is is looking like a steal right now um yeah. so very exciting very happy to see him um playing well obviously we've mentioned Messi had a great game against australia um he absolutely you know you know how he is one of his maybe best his world cup performances I think it is arguably his best World yeah, Cup performance. It was. It, um, it was. He's unlike in other World Cups, not like I'm saying this generally. He's scoring goals, which I feel like was well. This was his a first. Rarity. His first this knockout, was his stage, first stage, knockout goal. stage goal. Yeah, and Argentina have made a final that Messi yeah. has been on the team for. Yeah, so that's you know. No, but I, I think it's, yeah, he's up and I mean, rolling. Clearly, and... he wants it, and everyone wants it for him. And I don't think mm-hmm. that you can count that just like willpower out. So, no, I don't think. I think they have a really good attitude. They have a really good energy around them. Um, they bounce the back first really game well. Ultimately, may have been the best thing that could ever happen to them. I kind of agree. I think that that really sort of shook them a little bit in it a good also, way, in the sense that it gives gives them something to build on and sort of expose some of their weaknesses. Um, and allowed them to sort of address them. It also allowed it so they didn't weren't able to just kind of roll through the group stage without trying yeah. at all, which I do think we'll talk about a little bit later. Yes. I think it'll be a little bit interesting to see some of these teams haven't really been tested. And I it's hard yeah. fully to judge because some teams have really been tested. I would say even yeah. Netherlands, like with Ecuador, got tested a bit and Senate like. Yeah. I, I think it'll be, but I do think that for Argentina, it made them play every single game of their group stage, which I think yeah. they may find as a bonus later on. Yeah. Um, um, should we move on along. to yeah. England, Senegal? 
Yeah. So um, this was, I thought, a really good performance from England. Yes. Um, I think Southgate finally got arguably his starting lineup right. Is it because um, we had Foden and Saka in at the same time? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I actually, we've City talked and a little Arsenal bit fans of shit. will agree on right now. Yeah, we've talked a little bit of shit about uh, Hendo. Um, but okay. I actually thought he played pretty well. He did play very um, well. And I think with Mason yeah. Mount struggling, as long as Hendo does allow um, Bellingham to get forward a little bit more, yeah. Um, yeah. which we saw what happens when Bellingham gets a little bit further I forward. Say, I was like, um, we were texting during this game and Katya uh, kind of shit talked both Henderson and Kane. Uh, Henderson had a really good game and about two seconds after she said that about Kane, he scored, scored yeah. um, which is classic Harry Kane said, style. So it was funny. It was literally, I think, two minutes before Harry Kane scored his goal. I had texted you, why is Harry Kane allergic to scoring for England? Yeah. Um, and I said, watch out because he does this and then he's just going to start scoring a lot of and goals. Then and then literally two minutes later, he scored. Um, so you're welcome, England. <laughs> yeah, we, we saved him. Um, for not, but I, I would not be surprised if this opened the gate for Harry Kane. Obviously, Harry Kane no. has been assisting. He's been playing very well. He, he yeah. proves the fact that a pure number nine doesn't necessarily need to be scoring a lot of goals all the time. I yeah. think England will be happy if he does start scoring some goals. Um, um, but also two assists from Phil Foden in this game, which you know, if you listen to us anytime before ever, you know that I love him. He is my son. And a goal and for soccer. So we uh-huh. really are living our lives over here as we really are living our lives over pretty here good um, time. it was a really good um, performance from england all around but i do want to give you know give the give the credit where credit is due to senegal um i think they had a really good tournament i agree particularly given they were without their sort of talisman center man um Mane. Say, and it does yeah. kind of make you wonder what this team would have done had they had Mane. Yeah. um and they also i would like to say in the beginning of the game they tested england like, oh, absolutely. They very much were pushing, and England looked shaky. And I will say it really did show, I think, the caliber potentially of this England team to be able to weather that and then kind of yeah. just dominate for the rest of the game. Um, yeah. It kind of gave me a little bit of a look of the like, first your about 10 character. minutes or so. The first yeah. 10 minutes or so, you were like, ooh, this might not go so well for England. And yeah. then they sort of found their groove. Yeah. Um, and then we're kind of cruising from that and point like, forward. That, that's going to um, happen. And I think that if yeah. you're an England fan, you should be pretty happy that that is kind of. You, you what saw that, that from them. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I don't have anything else to say about that game. No, good yeah. job, England. Um, France, Poland. Uh, good job to Poland here. They, I don't think, really stood I'm going to be honest. Poland did, looked okay in the group stage. Uh, I thought they looked lackluster at best in this game. Yeah, um, I don't know really what we were expecting. I wasn't expecting much else. Um, I wasn't either. France, France is good. flying right now. Um, good on Giroud getting that record. Um, yeah. As an ex-Arsenal player, we must love. He stole it from another ex-Arsenal player, Henri. So go Arsenal. Uh, uh, um, but fuck France. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It's really just the personal like love for Giroud. Um, I just hate France. I'm a hater. I am. France, I am as you're saying, hater. France is flying. Um, they're... I will say maybe like a little bit less of a hard get out of group easier maybe round of 16 game than some other teams. Um, and we're going to talk about this with Brazil a little bit later, but like that might be. Yeah, they haven't. But 
I don't know. Yeah, I, think I, I mean, I think the first test that France faces in this World Cup because Denmark I, I wasn't what think, that was, even though they yeah. lost. Like I'm saying that even though they did lose to Tunisia, I'm not really. Yeah, they lost to Tunisia, but they weren't playing their guys. They'd already they kind out of had, their group, yeah. so they it wasn't you know it, that happens in their third group stage game. Um, the same thing happened to Brazil, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I think. France and England will be very interesting because I do think it is the first time in this tournament that France is going to get, um, or I wouldn't say going to get, but could get bullied a little bit. Yeah. Um, in the sense that England has technical players just as talented as the French technical players. Um, England also have very big names and I think what will be really interesting to see is the matchup between Kylian Mbappe and Kyle Walker yeah, um, that everyone has been talking about because Mbappe is playing really, really well right now. And Kyle Walker is coming off of an injury. So I'm a little, I'm not the the most pleased about sort of how they're building up this sort of matchup. Um, yeah. Because I think it's, I think it's a little bit unfair to Kyle Walker who has only played one game since coming back from, I will say for a the while. one thing about Kyle but... Walker, which I think that you say, is he's played against Kylian Mbappe before, yes. and he shut him down. Yes. And I do not think that he is going to be scared of Mbappe. And I think, absolutely, and not. I do Kyle think Walker is that there's there's yes. no doubt that the other right right backs who have played against him have gone into that matchup thinking that they're probably going to lose Kyle Walker, yes. and for all the physical ability. There is a mentality aspect that I do not think Kyle yes. Walker is going to walk onto that pitch thinking I'm going to lose this matchup. He's going to no. say I Kyle can Walker shut him is going to walk up. Kyle Walker is going to watch, and whether it happens or not, yeah. Um, Kyle Walker is going to walk onto that pitch going, "I own you." Yeah, and honestly, and, and I think the biggest eighty percent of it. One of one of Mbappe's biggest strengths, and he's had a good tournament. And I'm an Mbappe hater, but he's had a good tournament. He's been playing very I'm well. Not- but one of his biggest strengths is his speed. Yeah. Um, and that has always been the case. And that's not saying as like a negative to him, but he's really fast. That's part Which of what makes good. him really that's dangerous. That's fantastic. That's part of so what makes fast. him really dangerous. We love that. Kyle Walker is just as fast. Yeah. So that's going to be, I'll be interested to see how Southgate plays it. Um, whether Southgate just literally sticks Kyle Walker on him to man mark him. Yeah. Um, it may happen like that. It may not. I don't know. But I think what you were just saying about mentality is a really good point in the sense that, um, I, I, and I do think, and maybe this is unfair, um, but I do feel like this game is going to come down to that matchup. It might. Um, because I think in many ways, if Kyle Walker successfully, you know, gets in Mbappe's way, I think England is in much better shape. Um, I think if Kyle Walker is not healthy enough to, you know, keep up with him for 90 minutes, it's going to be a problem. Because the other thing about Mbappe, too, is that Mbappe has yet to be frustrated in this tournament. Yeah. No, exactly. And we have seen... Well, we've been waiting previous... also for some infighting that we said was going to yes. happen. It hasn't happened. So. Um, that we know of. Um, but they've also been, there's been no reason for them to be infighting. Exactly. They've, they've been playing really well. But we've seen in the past that Mbappe does not necessarily keep his composure the best um and that he is prone to sort of unraveling a little bit when he is really challenged 
Um, and I do think this is the first time that he will be challenged and frustrated. Um, so we'll see how he, how he deals with that. And that's something that a lot of young players do is they don't, they don't handle that very well. And we'll see if he's, you know, matured at all with that. Um, but that's something that's a, a, a criticism I've had of PSG at large um, in years past is that when they, when things are not going well for them, they sort of crumble. Um, and that's true of PSG at large and in, and Mbappe as an individual. So we will see whether they can do enough to frustrate him. If they can do enough to frustrate him, England, and he does not keep yeah. it together, I think that's the difference maker. Yeah, um, I think so too. So we'll see. We'll it's see. Gonna I think that's going to be matchup. It's going to yeah. be fun. I think. Um, and I mean, no one can say no to an England France matchup in the World Cup. No, absolutely. You gotta not. love it. Um, all right, moving on. This is might be the saddest game for me. Japan, Croatia. I hate this PKs. was tough. I hate PKs. I do too. And we both it's, hate and it's it's not down like ultimately in, in all honesty japan did not shoot good pks croatia's goalkeeper saved three he that good job That's on him end of story you don't end need to story. say anything else yeah that if your goalkeeper saves three croatia, pks you win it's over yeah. and i'm not taking anything away from croatia nothing away from japan japan did not do as well on pks it is this I will, game it's just so sad to see a game like that end on I mean this is for any game to end on penalties it's just a little bit sad and it's always going to be sad because the one team is going to go and one team's going to go through um so it's just frustrating but this game was very very good um this game and who went through ultimately came down to experience yep um, we've talked about older squads and younger squads for a couple different teams um, who have notably older or younger squads. This Croatian team is very experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it to a semifinal in 2018. Um, final. final. Oh, they did final. make the final. Yeah. Um, they made it to a final in 20, 20- but didn't they go, did they win the semifinal on PKs? Uh, did they beat England? I can't remember. I'm sorry, I don't remember, but they lost to. I, mean, I don't they think were, they oh, did. They, were they did not. I don't. I will say they definitely have PK experience. The Croatia team. Point being, point being, I, <laughs> I think don't know the exactly game, what. Yeah, I think the game was. I'm going to be honest. I think the game was over in Croatia's favor as soon as it went to extra time. I absolutely 100 um, agree because yeah. the way that Japan plays is so high energy. So high yeah. press that to play that for 120 minutes it's is really too, difficult. Yeah, it's um, just hard. And to play that for 100, and I think Croatia, when they got to extra time, were like, "We good, we can go to PKs." Yeah, and they're we're kind. They're, you, you I mean, like this was always kind of going to be a game against like the calm, older spirit. <laughs> like, yeah, the more chaotic, like, and that's why that was the allure of the game, and I think it was a lot of fun. And I mean, you yeah. know, they weren't separated. Between 120 minutes, they weren't separated. And I think it's fun. Japan is a very young squad. They're going to look good in 2026. And for Croatia, this is the a last good shot for a for lot them. of them. Yeah. And so, like, it's a little bit like, all right, now, like, this is your time. I this don't know. It's the mind. last hurrah. For yeah, Croatia, it's the last yeah. hurrah. I mean, like, they're doing better than Belgium's last hurrah. So, yeah. Um, yep. I, it is sad for Japan. I, I hope and I do think that they will not. I mean, you beat France 
oh not France Spain and Germany in this tournament yeah um there's a lot to be said for that there's a lot to be said and they're a team that is going to be a force in the next few years um and they should not uh look down on themselves and they should maybe practice some pks before the next world cup yeah um but good on croatia i think that they definitely kind of had a chip on their shoulder i think this entire tournament everyone would be like too old last time was their time blah 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 and they've kind of just plodded their way through um sort of like the croatia gets away yeah no i think that's true croatia just quietly go out there and get the job done they are not doing anything fancy they're not doing anything exciting they just go out there and they get the job done i mean that's what they did in 2018 as well and it got them to a final so i think that we should not look away from that but good on them i'm glad that i i i'm glad for their older players that they're you know doing well um the next game brazil south korea my heart I, I turned it off at I would like time. to say that the notes of this um, that I wrote in the agenda said my heart and soul were with South Korea but I knew it wouldn't happen that is obviously the case I don't think anyone came into this game thinking it was going to be competitive I think South Korea's win was getting out of the knockout stage you saw the scenes after that um, I am gonna disagree with you there in the sense that I did not think it wasn't going to be competitive Oh, I guess I had less. I expected Brazil to win. You thought it was going to be close. But I thought it would be a little bit more competitive oh, than it was. I don't know why. I Maybe I just like, maybe I had, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I was hoping for the best and expecting the worst. I'm not sure. I, I wasn't massively optimistic though. Like, obviously I was hoping as hell. Um, and I do think that it's sad that they weren't able to put out a better performance. Um, yeah. In this game, I think that like the talent on their team, I don't think spoke. I don't think they played well enough to their ta- like to what they could have shown. Yeah. And I think that is a letdown. But I hope that they don't like let that rule the fact that they did make it to this game in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. But I feel like mm-hmm. South Korea. I think that between them and Japan, I mean, Asia's looking pretty strong. Uh, and Australia, so sorry. Australia, I forget that you're in that bracket. Um, anyway, I think we want yeah. to talk about Brazil a little bit more in this game. Uh, look, Brazil looked like, great. Where I'm going to be honest. Brazil looked great. Um, they do look good. They And I would like really to say I did, I did text Katia during this game and said, what if we end up with a France-Brazil final? What are we going to do? And I That's said I'm rooting for nightmare. France. I'm rooting for Brazil. Really? Yes. I can't root for because at all. I don't think. I hate. Uh, I actually went over this. Um, we can talk about this when we get a little bit later yeah. to sort of talk about the quarterfinal predictions. But I actually went through today and went and ranked it from my I want them to win the least to I want oh, them to okay, win, we'll, win the we'll most. Discuss that. Okay, that's fine. Um, and France is my number one. I want them to win the least. Okay, um, interesting. I, I don't think I can support Brazil at all because a few of them are Bolsonaro supporters. And yeah, that kind of at the same time, some of fascists, them, I several might of them be... have been very, but at the same time, several of them have been very vocally anti. Yeah. And um, uh, so I what don't call it. I, what the hell is his name? Uh, Oh no, the Tottenham player. Tottenham. Yes, yes. Yeah. I I do apologize. I really should have known that. Not just because I'm an Arsenal fan, but 
he has been act he has done a very good job speaking out against them and I want to give him a shout out because that's yeah. like I just feel like there's enough like I agree with you I also think that, I like, just hate those guys. more than I hate Mbappe anyway this is well, getting a yeah, little bit see, too much I um, hate Mbappe significantly more than I hate Neymar so maybe that's where we are um yeah honestly though there's more Arsenal players Actually, they're both Arsenal players on both teams, so I don't know. Anyway, Brazil, I think the point that I think we were saying, which maybe probably a little bit more than – I mean, I feel like they're in a similar position to France. Um, Yeah. I think they were – I mean, again, they lost to Cameroon in that last game in the group stage, which, again, Mm -hmm. I don't really think was that significant, but I think that they – Again, also did not play a bunch of their – team players yeah and i'm not saying like i just it's it's really hard to it, basically the bottom line is it's really hard to tell it's really neither hard to of tell those teams have come up against a really strong opponent yet yeah and this is and which makes it i think some people are taking this too far in the sense that some people are like oh well they're, they're not any good they haven't played anybody good it's no. more of a matter of we don't know yeah it's just like or that or it's more of a just sort of like tempering the excitement a little bit in the sense that like clearly both teams are playing really well and look really good does that I think it's the same thing like what I was just saying for Mbappe is like does that continue when somebody frustrates them yeah like how do they respond when they have to suffer a little bit that's the question yeah right and because neither of those two teams have had to suck like I think that's the best way to play. Like neither of them have had to suffer yet. Yeah. Um, and so. And out of the teams who we've already named about who are coming out, I would say everyone else other than those two have suffered. suffered. Yeah. Yeah. For the, in the well. sense of this, you know. Yeah. Like England, I think definitely suffered against uh, the U.S. I think yeah. England also suffered a little bit in that beginning of the game against Senegal. Um, Argentina have certainly suffered. Yeah, um, I mean, I would say bit. the Netherlands have suffered against Ecuador. Yes. Yeah, um, and Croatia. I mean, definitely Croatia went to PKs. Yeah. Um, so I think I think you're right in the sense that it's not that they haven't played well because I think people who are taking oh they haven't played anyone to mean they haven't played well is not true. But it's the matter of we have not yet seen how these teams react how their first team, how their best 11 reacts to suffering. Yeah. And, um, it, I, mean, and, and I think they honestly may respond fully and keep playing oh, amazingly. They may, they may absolutely. They easily we just, could. It would not be know. shocking if they did no. um, react really well and just continue to, to, you know, play their game. But like you said, we just don't know. So it is something to, to think about going into the quarterfinals in these matchups is that, um, is that going to play a role? Um, yeah. Is if they are, you know, stopped up a little bit, if they're frustrated a little bit, will that cause a larger problem? Yeah. We we don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we don't know. But um, they play Croatia. So they play Croatia? Yeah, they play Croatia. So we'll see. Um, next game on the list, another thriller, honestly. Um, to full disclosure for the Spain Morocco game, um, I only watched the PKs. Um, <laughs> That's okay because I- because I called out sick of work because I just could not get out of bed. 
Um, and so I slept through, through almost all of it. And I woke up and they were going to PKs and I went, okay. And then I literally didn't leave my bed. I pulled up the PKs on my phone uh, uh, in bed. I, I was watching, I, I was sort of like in class, like I, I was in class and also watching, but anyway, uh, down with Spain. I mean, Morocco is good. I don't know. I don't, we kind of talked about this. I don't really understand. Like, I think that, like, I don't know if we thought they were getting to the quarterfinals, but I don't think that we too thought that they were like a pushover of a team. People are looking at this as like a massive ups, like maybe not like against Spain. I think they're they're making like, I think think a lot of people are talking about from last year or well, when, yes. that, yeah, the winter, that was a year ago. Um, I think that you would have been aware of Morocco being quite good. Not only that, but I also think it's um, it shows a little bit of lack, lack of sort of like a breadth of sort of like how much you're paying attention to things outside, to leagues outside of the Premier League. Yeah. Because um, there's a bunch of Moroccan guys who I'm like yeah I know that guy he plays for this team or oh I know that guy he plays for this team like there it's not a bunch of guys who like unlike for example Japan who have like almost nobody who like is somebody who you might know um yeah they have a decent number of players who play in the Morocco has several guys who I am familiar with yeah Um, obviously their most sort of notable is Hakimi um yeah and ZH is yeah um yeah, and uh, you know they've got El Nasri, yeah, um, and Sice. Um, so they've got, and that's just off the top of my head. Um, you know, so we're talking about a team that's got a decent number of guys who are really, really high level players. Yeah. Um, so while this is absolutely an upset, a hundred percent, it's absolutely. An upset. Um, it is less of an upset than I think some people are making it out to be. Yes. Yes. Um, um, I f- I agree. Um, and Morocco's a couple been- notes. Uh, yeah. just sort of on the PK shootout since I did watch that. I was like, is this a copy paste of the result? It was. The, I think um, that we should Japan, make Croatia Spain and one. Japan shoot a lot of PKs together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say this. I I don't. I I'm assuming at least some of them got subbed out. Um, I literally just don't know because, yes. like I said, I only Gabby got PKs. subbed out. Okay. That's why I, I, you, I was very guy, pleased. I texted you, are you watching the Spain game? And you never responded. And that was because I, I was sleep. surprised that Gavi got subbed out in like the 60th minute. He's been, so I will say they have been subbing out Gavi fairly early, oh, okay. um, sort of throughout the tournament, yeah. which I don't necessarily agree with, but I would suspect the reason is because Gavi um throws his little 18 year old body around um like a crazy man and And it's like you get a foul you get a foul you get a foul um (laughs) I will I will say it's funny because he's so much like that and Pedri is so calm and collected and Gabby's like no 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 zooming around Gabby's like Gabby's like yeah Pedri is very like have a pass I'll dribble past these three guys. Have another pass. I am Iniesta reincarnated, and and Gabby's like, I'm gonna hit you next. <laughs> like, like, it's really, really, it's really funny. Just they're so close in age, but they're so completely. Yeah. It's just anyway. Um, 
It is. It's energizing. Like Energizer Bunny going to just like. Rah! Um, what both of those? So I do think that would make sense. Maybe that's, that's why they're taking him out. So I think I suspect that's why he's been being subbed out so that he can play and continue to play in games that he doesn't get yellow card suspended. Um, <laughs> but I will say that like Spain's PKs were very poor. Um, absolutely should have had better PKs. Um, I am infinitely grateful that it was their older players um, who were taking them and not, and missed them like that and took poor PKs like that. Then they're really young guys. Um, Because while I do think, honestly, I think Pedri and Gavi may have scored their PKs. um, I think the pressure and the sort of letdown and the sort of backlash not being on them specifically uh, is good. I'm happy about that. We all saw what happened with England um, and Euros, Rashford, Sacco and Euros. And obviously there's a race factor in there as well. That is not true of uh, Pedri and Gavi. But there is a level of online abuse that happens anytime uh, sort of a team loses in PKs. Um, And I'm just always happy to spare the young players who are perhaps not the best equipped to handle that sort of backlash. Um, So yeah, that was my sort of like, okay, well, at least that. Um, I do say, I think Spain is going to be very good at in 2026 yeah um I do think one of the things that held Spain back a little bit is they do sort of have a couple hangers on of older players yeah who maybe Hopefully. should not still be there yeah um, uh, and by 2026 those players will be gone yeah um and yeah. we'll have Pedri will be Pedri I think will be 24 23 24 how old is he, will be like, he he's 20 oh he's, he's 20, 20. But I'm like, because it's, so we're in the winter, because we're in the winter now, because we're in the oh, winter now, it's going to be in the summer in 2026. It's hard. To, I can't. He's going to be 23 or 24. Um, I don't know when Pedro. I think he's going to be 23. I think he just turned 20. I really don't um, know. Either way, the moral of the story is he's going to be moral young. of the story is they're going to be, their sort of best players are going to be back. They're going to be very young. Fran Torres is going to be back, um, you know, sort of. It will see. I we will see a stronger version of this French of this um, Spanish team yeah. in twenty twenty six. Yeah, that's that's sort of my takeaway. It's good for them to get experience. I think we'll see them again. Probably likely make a fairly deep run at Euros in twenty twenty four, and we'll sort of hopefully by that Euro run we'll see some of the younger guys that will be coming through in that that are maybe going to replace some of the older guys that are still hanging around um, by that, that Euro run. But um, I, I'm a little bit of a fan of Spain. I won't lie. I just, I love passing and possession based football. That's my favorite kind. Um, So I am perhaps biased in that sense of that's the kind that I like to watch. That's the kind I like to play. That's the kind I like to analyze um so I like watching Spain um because of that so I'm a little sad to see them go for that reason but um I I do think it's really exciting um for Morocco to be moving on very excited and well deserved for Morocco as well they played a fantastic game um last one up Portugal Switzerland this made news before the game even started because guess who our uh, least favorite player was on the bench 
uh, Ronaldo did not start. And I think mm-hmm. we both thought that Portugal may have looked the best they have all tournament. Actually, not may. I think they definitely did. Um, yeah. And sadly for Switzerland, they basically got demolished. Um, again, I, I, I don't know. If I They probably were. I don't know. I would have liked to see a little bit more of a fight, with but the, fact. the movement of the top yeah. of Portugal without Ronaldo being in there was just too much to handle. This is the best game I've seen Joe Felix play in like three years. Yeah, but I almost think it's because he was uninhib- uninhibited. Yes, I am starting to really think that Joe Felix needs to get out from underneath Diego Simeone. <laughs> like, he... Yeah is not suited to play no, Atletico Madrid Simeone ball. Never he is <laughs> not suited to play Simeone ball. Um, and Which I think fine. at the same time, he's not suited to play Ronaldo Portugal. No. Because uh, I think we saw Jao Felix unleashed a little bit in this game. Yeah. Um, I thought Bruno also played really well. I yes. feel like he has also not – he's had a good tournament even before this, but – He's been a little bit shackled by Portugal as well. I feel like, honestly, Portugal's attack in general was shackled yes. by Ronaldo. Yeah. And, and, and it's and sort I mean, of like, let it, let it let go the league, now. Let it go, yeah. They should, and I think in that, my mind, not start him again. There's no agreed. reason you start him against Morocco. I'm obsessed with the fact that the 21-year-old who came on in place of oh, him yeah. scored a hat trick. He's good. I am, yes, all credit to... Um, was his name uh ramos um yeah i can look it up to be sure i think that's his name all credit to him absolutely he played a great game his first goal was ridiculous yeah ramos Um, yeah oh oh um that strike it was ridiculous the first goal was ridiculous. ridiculous um i know we've all talked about the richarlison uh like yeah. goal from I think it was Brazil's the first, first game, game maybe their second yeah. um has been one but in my opinion this goal was better um yeah it was really nice but this is but that was my favorite goal of the tournament so far um yeah. but for him to take Ronaldo's starting spot and then prove score the a hat trick yeah and then prove I think the, the announcers, as much as we've criticized Fox, and I think we're going to a little bit more later, <laughs> um, they're commentating. The fa- the They did make a point to say that he really rewarded his manager yeah. um, for the risk that he took in starting him over Ronaldo, and that really paid off for everybody involved. Everyone. I think this was by far the best I've seen Portugal look um, in all, yeah. forever. In for, forever for, for really honestly a really long time they find because looked, i i am we are not old enough to remember a ronaldo with or a portugal without ronaldo yeah. no and um, okay given and prior to prior to old to ronaldo getting older portugal didn't really have any other players yeah, that's what i was gonna say yeah so like before ronaldo's decline ronaldo was fairly the only guy on portugal there was nobody else since the other players have come up, the Brunos and the Jao Felixes and the Bernardos, um, since those guys have sort of come into their own, Ronaldo has held them back. Um, and now that we're finally moving past that, I think this Portuguese side is yeah. very, very dangerous. They're, they um, And can we root for them if Ronaldo isn't playing? I'm going to root for Morocco. I mean, I, hater. there's not really an argument there, but let's say Portugal plays... Brazil? France? France. 
Oh. So, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. If let, Who do you hate more, Ronaldo or Mbappe? Go. Ronaldo. But I would rather Portugal win the World Cup. Fascinating. Fascinating. And because Mbappe, because Mbappe... Because, because here's Mbappe the thing. would be critical in France's win and Ronaldo seems like he would not be critical in Portugal's win. I think the press would go, everybody would lose their shit if Mbappe won another World Cup and they would just want to lick the ground that he what walks do you, on. What do you say to the people who want a Messi-Ronaldo final? I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I think know, these are all hypotheticals, that. guys, but I enjoy putting Kat on the spot. Um... um yeah, so I actually think I would root for Portugal over France. Okay. I That's just think funny. I just think here's 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 what it is. You really right? have to justify I yourself think, now and I find it funny, but I'm gonna let you Ronaldo's ego is beyond help. <laughs> and also and also everybody he has ruined himself enough at this point that everybody or that not goes. everybody, but a lot of people are kinda over him. Yeah. Right. Like, and I think if Portugal you're, were to you're, win, you're picking, you're picking your next villain and getting a head start on them. Yes. Portugal <laughs> have, um, I think if Portugal were to win, I think the only way that they win is if they continue to not start oh, Ronaldo. Yeah. And I think that that would be part of the conversation in the sense that they would go, oh, Portugal won without Ronaldo. Yeah. I think that would be a big part of the conversation if yeah, Portugal okay. were to win. Um and if France were to win again, it would be like Mbappe leads France to victory. And I'd be like I and would, would just climb into her um, bed and never come out of the cup. And I would just throw myself out a window. Um so um yeah. So that's uh, why I would okay. root for Portugal um, over France. Let's let's very quickly go work. Um we're really kind of chaotic today. Um we kind of talked about matchups that are going to happen um, and kind of what we thought maybe. Do we want to run through them again real fast? I don't know that there's a lot to sort of talk about in the sense that I think there's a favorite, a clear favorite in every match. Um, I don't know. Do you disagree? I think Argentina's the favorite in the Dutch game. I think France is the favorite in the England game. Uh, Brazil is the fan in the Croatia, is the favorite in the Croatia game. And Portugal is the favorite in the Morocco I- game. This is really funny because I was going to say that I wasn't sure if there was a clear favorite in any of the games except the Brazil game. Like, mm, I don't on, think like, so. I think there's a... Like, like on, like, how te- I, I, how just teams have been played, like, or how this tournament I mean, has been I think going. I'm not like, I don't know like if you can, like, realistically say favorite? right in this moment that Portugal has a significant lead over Morocco. No, realistically but expectations wise okay. you yes. expect okay. portugal to I think that beat we were morocco just, yeah i think i think i was looking at it more as like where are we in this tournament right now and i feel like oh, things are no i just mean even. expectations okay. wise yes, i would agree there is an there's i think every game has an expected winner um yeah i guess i was thinking of my expected winner like if you ask me my However, winner, I would consider Morocco as a pretty good challenge to Portugal. I agree. I don't disagree. But I think Portugal is still the favorite. Yeah, more on pedigree, though, than anything else. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But it's still the favorite. Yeah. Um, but I think I would, you know, I always want to see an upset. I want to see everybody get upset except Argentina. Quite literally, I, I want everyone. To... I, okay, I'm rooting for England. I'm going to root for Croatia, Morocco. And Argentina. And I'm rooting for England. 
I'm rooting for uh, Argentina, England, uh, Croatia, and Morocco. I haven't decided. Really, realistically, what I'm actually doing is rooting for Argentina and against France, Brazil, and Portugal. <laughs> um, I haven't decided on the Netherlands-Argentina game yet. I don't know why. For me, like, here's the thing. I if the Dutch were playing anybody other than Argentina, I would be rooting for the Dutch. Yeah, no. Um Yeah. Which is that which And is if the Dutch valid. win, and if the Dutch win, I will be rooting for the Dutch throughout the rest of the tournament. Yeah. But right. I am rooting for Argentina. Argentina has been my I've been rooting for Argentina since the beginning of the tournament. Yeah. And um, I've been and rooting for the Argentina since a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> like Which I, I don't I'm not gonna be upset. I just I just don't don't know why. Like I just like the Dutch. And I guess yeah. more than you to the sense that I haven't decided if I want them or Argentina yet. Um, yeah. Anyway, fun times, more games coming up. Um, we wanted to, because this podcast hasn't been long enough again, we we would be amiss to not, uh, in the conclusion of this podcast, discuss something that has been nagging both of us and something we were both dreading, I think, from the beginning yeah. Of the World Cup. I think something that I've hated so much, I've started watching the Telemundo stream of uh mm-hmm. the games and or bootlegging. Uh sorry. I'm about 50 50. Um I uh the Fox Sports coverage of the World Cup is almost m- more of an absolute abysmal shit show than we even could have expected, and we expected bar none. Um the bar was really low. The bar was and they still in like ten feet under the it. ground, and they still have somehow passed it, gone under, it. gone under. Um, it's the bar been... was in hell, and they're still playing limbo. Um, so bad. It is so, and and this is also funny because there starts there have started to be some like actual like news articles about how bad it is. Like it's not just us. Yeah, being like this. It's like no, I the Guardian did a piece about it. How awful it is. Look, here's the reality. American sports punditry outside of soccer has, in my opinion, very often been about entertainment and not about analysis. Yes. Um, for better or for worse. However, soccer is been a lot more about analysis than entertainment um and and yet fox has failed at both (laughs) i mean look at their line because they are neither they are neither good and well analyzed or entertaining um nothing and i always go back i love to praise um I think there's, there's, and I think what the frustrating thing is that we've seen football broadcasting be done well to a United States audience. Yes, exactly, um, exactly. The NBC, NBC took about a year or two to sort of figure it out. Yeah. But now NBC puts on a very good Premier League mornings. They do a very good coverage of the Premier League. I don't agree with all of their pundits all the time, but that's... You don't have to, though. I mean, it's not like I would agree with all the BBC They speak intelligently. They speak intelligently. They commentate the games accurately. They don't 
sound like morons. Like yeah. it's well, it's well done. It's well produced. It's a good mix of um, intelligence and, you know, sort of entertainment, yeah. you know, Tim, they've got some Americans in there. Tim Howard, I think, does a great job yeah, on, he's, the, he's, he's on the NBC broadcast. Yeah. Um, you know, and so like that's so NBC has figured out how to do it in a way that is both appealing to the the best way I can think to put it is both of these groups being Americans, but the football crowd and the soccer crowd in the yes. sense that those of us who pretty much only watch European um, and have watched European football before it was um you know popularized in the u.s um but and also those who've gotten into it more recently with the popularization of the premier league in the u.s um in the past 10 years or so sort of both groups i think enjoy the punditry that nbc puts on with their premier league um i also cannot say enough good things about cbs's um but look, at, broadcasting. but look at the lineup it's they have so good it's but, so good it's so good but the yes. the group of uh, it's kate abdo who does a phenomenal job phenomenal. of wrangling thierry Henry, uh micah richards and jamie Carragher. and it is a lot they, of wrangling think, but it works the perfect balance of entertainment and intelligence yes they they talk about the games and then they get up to absolute nonsense and it's hilarious and And they're so entertaining i will and i don't want to like there are a lot of times when i'm watching games and i even do this to the nbc broadcast not always but i do sometimes where at halftime of a game i'll mute the tv and go about and do other stuff i don't do that with champions league games i watch halftime for the champions league games um because they do such a good job and even when even when clint dempsey comes on the Champions League broadcast for CBS, which he does on occasion. Even he fits in well there, I think. I think he does a good job there. I think that Fox has just gone so aggressively wrong with their broadcasting. They've brought in, poor Kate Abdo is like stuck doing this like messy late night recap show or whatever. Neither have I, but it's with, but it's with Alexi Lawless and Pierce Morgan. Yeah, that's what God I'd be save like. Kate Bye. See Somebody ya. save her. Somebody save her. Take, yeah. take her Where back to Thierry her CBS Henry, crew. Jamie Carragher, like, Michael Richards. They need to go save their girl. Well, Thierry Henry was on the Belgian sideline. Um, <laughs> He's going to get so much shit when they go back to the Champions League. Oh, and it's going to so be so much funny. shit. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> point being is that I, there, I don't think Fox has any excuse no as to why they can't put on better coverage Absolutely because we've not. seen large american media conglomerates the nbc's the big the big three the media big, conglomerates in the yeah. u.s are nbc uh cbs and fox uh and two and, of the three of them and, and abc yes <laughs> sorry i said i said three of the oh oh so okay anyway yes and those are three of the really big media conglomerates in the u.s um and two out of the three of them can put on really good really good you know football coverage and then fox gets the biggest event in football and just buggers it completely i will say it lines up potentially (laughs) with uh the overall uh fox yeah i just think like and i've i've harped a lot on twitter about you know Carly Lloyd and Alexi Wallace and how much I hate both of them. But 
Uh, Landon Donovan is not good. Um, he should not be announcing a football match. Like nobody, nobody on the team is good. Like Ian Dark is like okay. Yeah, he's not bad. I will say too. I mean, I guess that my like Bart, like the minimum kind of British accent. Like if you're speaking in English, I'd appreciate a British accent. Now I get there's some good. <laughs> more of a taste issue than i think that i think there's like, plenty of good yes there's what's her name does one of the the woman who does the commentary for fox she's decent i forget what her name is one of aren't there two of them well one of them yeah in particular is i'm not good. saying I like her. that you have to have a british accent it says i enjoy it more because it sounds prettier but <laughs> If, even if Landon Donovan had a British accent, he'd still be terrible. So, doesn't make up. Point being, point being, it's incredibly frustrating to have to choose between, like, watching it on Telemundo, which the quality of this, like, stream is not quite as good. Yeah. Um, the picture. And while you have more Spanish than me, um, I have enough Spanish that if I'm sitting and watching the game and paying attention, I I have a I get the gist of what they're yeah. saying, but I can't half watch a game on Telemundo. Oh, um, okay. In the same way that I can half watch a game if the commentary is in yeah. English. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. because I can't if I'm not paying attention, watching if I'm not, not like paying attention, yeah. I don't understand. I don't have enough Spanish to know what they're saying. And therefore I can't have a gist of what's going on in the game. If I'm not sitting on the couch and watching the TV. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I find frustrating. I do watch when I can sit down and like actually watch the game. I tend to watch it until on Telemundo because in that case I can, but if I'm yeah. like watching it while I do something else, which I do a lot, yeah, I yeah. I realistically like need to be watching it yeah. on Fox. I will say it's comments. it's been great having to be in class and actually be studying during these games because I've just been watching with no sound and it's been fantastic. Yeah. That's on like <laughs> it's worked. I have also yeah. watched some games like for the France England game. Am I gonna go find a BBC stream potentially? I think I'll probably watch that game with other people. Yeah, to be honest. I don't know. Anyway, the thing being is, is that it's 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 beyond frustrating. And if we have any intelligence in this country, we will get someone else to broadcast the 2026 World Cup. Uh, or, or just like th- what's most frustrating to me is that like honestly, Fox just could have done a better job. They could have just gotten better people. Can yeah. We- we some some th- in the next four years there needs to be an unwedding to Lexi Lawless to understand. Yeah, he's we need not to a let him pundit. go. Like I don't understand he's why not. we've become wedded. He's to not him. even like at because I think at some point in the past he was like vaguely entertaining, but like oh I don't remember that that. Pa- that is a long gone past. He's not appealing to anybody under the age of like forty. Um, he's not a man probably. He's annoying. He's not funny. Like, he's and his just, takes are he's bad. He's just loud for no reason. Literally, he, he subscribes all the time. to the. He subscribes to the loudest person in the room is the right one. It's um, like please brand please. of white man bullshit. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. And it just is infuriating. Like, there's literally no reason. He 
acts like he's like a 13 year old boy and it's like not endearing nope it really it really is not um i will also say i i do i i think that some of the comments made along this way uh just say they have not been the most sensitive i think there have been some potentially racist comments um and at uh, at best insensitive yeah like that was me being as nice as i could uh yeah i do not think that we've done a good they we it's not we i do not think they have done a good job and i don't think that i think that that should definitely be one of the main things that is talked about there's just Um, no reason that we need to be like it's really hard to argue, make an argument that we are having a positive change in American football culture when the broadcast of the World Cup looks like this. Yeah. I mean, there's no excuse. You should know how to pronounce everyone's name on every team. That is your job as an announcer. And you also, like, they just also just, like, say incorrect stuff. Like... Oh. He said, who did they say played in Germany? Who'd never played in Germany? I don't know, but... I, I think it was Minamino. They were like, oh, he did really well in Germany. Yeah, He's oh, never played in Germany. Hold on. I, I remember I text... Hold on. I'm just going to run back through a couple of our texts because there was a couple of things that I was like, what is going on? What There was one thing that Landon Donovan continuously was saying. And oh, what was he saying? Which game was that? He I'm was looking, saying... I'm, Hold on. Oh my god. Now I forgot about that, but that he was talking about he was it England Senegal? It was England Senegal. He was talking about how how oh oh they're not they're they're not scared. Wait, of hold them. on. I'm, I I'm thought here. they they would oh, be yeah. scared. Then thought it keeps repeating over and over again that the Senegalese players aren't afraid of the England players. And I said it's totally him projecting the fact that he is the one afraid of the England players. And I was like, that feels a little racist. Like, like these are professionals. And like, they like are, are teams that all are playing each other. Like, yeah, like these guys are not like. And I understand that there there can be a factor of that, right? Like there can be a factor of intimidation when you're playing somebody like Ronaldo or Messi or Mbappe, like these guys who are like literally worldwide recognizable. Yeah. And while England, yes, does have very many well-known faces, like, you're still playing, you know, Jordan Henderson, not Lionel Messi. Yeah, and it's not like some of these guys play in the Premier League. Like, it's not like... It's yeah, like, what some of think? these guys literally play in the Premier League. Like, what are you on about? Like, and, and, and I think that what we're saying is and, goalie is on Chelsea. Kulabali is on uh uh who actually who is he on these days actually? What? I actually forget who he's playing for these days. Didn't he move recently? <laughs> Whoever plays for he's really good. Hold on. Didn't he just switch teams? Did he just switch teams? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. All right, we're maybe potentially getting sidetracked from our whatever. But anyway, my point, point, point being, is, and I'm looking it up. The point is, is that he's on Chelsea. Yeah. Thank you. Like I. But he's I been think... at. He's. He's on Chelsea. Yeah, but he was. He just came from Napoli. That's yes. what it was. Still, I was like, I was like, I know he's not like that's recently. A... 
No, yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, the, we're not anyway, talking I about the, guys I think who the point said it. like that was stupid. That's not the only yeah. stupid thing Landon Donovan has been saying. But like, you keep repeating that, and all it makes me is it's one thing. Think, it's one thing to say it once. It's one thing to talk about it nonstop for the first, the whole first half. And he was saying it like, "Oh, this is why they're playing so well. They're not like afraid of England anymore." It's like they're not going to be. Senegal's afraid. a good team. Senegal, Senegal is good. One Afcon, and I and I, I think and what has annoyed me too about the Fox coverage has been the characterization of mainly the African teams. Um, yeah, but I feel like the Asian teams as well. I was going to add also the Asian teams. I think, um, I think like pay attention. Like Japan has always been good. Like. Like, I think that, like, if you were paying attention, you would think that they were going to be good. Like, I South Korea has a high, South Korea. South Korea has a higher profile player than Croatia or Morocco. Yeah. I mean, Hyungman Son is probably one of the top profile players. One of the most players. high profile players at the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's just stupid. It's, it's just, just like, it's, it's, it's really infuriating because, again, it's just, it's it just feels like a basic level of research and background was not done absolutely not like again like with the morocco thing someone yeah. was slating it as the same as saudi arabia beating argentina morocco going through i'm like are you kidding me which when we can sit here and list off a handful of moroccan players i could not tell you a single guy that plays on saudi arabia no i couldn't Morocco also I think it also plays into the fact and I think that this was discussed a lot when the African Cup was happening last year people don't watch it and it's a really good tournament they're high level players and a lot of good teams like Egypt didn't make it out of AFCON this year like that is insane um and I I think that like hopefully and I say this hopefully and I really do hope that this World Cup helps the I hope that more attention is paid where it's due to a lot Some of, of the other federations. Teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I really hope so. I know that they're expanding I think... the world cup. I don't necessarily know if that is the solution. I think that, I agree. I but... think that not letting, like, I think changing how many teams come out of each federation to make it a little bit more equitable might be the best idea. Um, like why does Europe have so many goddamn spots? Yeah. Unknown? Um, but I, I, it's, it's well, I very think, infuriating to watch. I think it's one of those interesting things to think about it in sort of outside of Fox's coverage of it, but think about sort of like the rise of AFCON yeah. and even the Asian teams as well. And I think we've seen this happen in a different sort of sense in the women's game in yeah. the sense that for the longest time, it was really only the U.S. and France who yeah. and Brazil who were like yeah. any good. Um yeah occasionally Germany um, and Sweden like and now we've really seen a shift in the women's game of in this sort of like investment in the women's game in a lot more places and we've seen you know we've seen some real strides in a lot of countries um, sort of around the you know sort of around the world in the women's game and, and the sort of field has become a little bit more equitable I think that is true of the men's game as well. Mm-hmm. It is just looks a little bit different because yeah. 
instead of it being like two or three teams that were dominant, it was sort of like Europe, like regions more. So it was like Europe and Brazil that were, and sort of that is becoming, well, obviously still, you know, the, the European powerhouses are still powerhouses and Brazil and Argentina are still Brazil and Argentina. The lower quote unquote lower European sides um are not above the AFCON and the Asian Federation teams. Yes. I would agree. Anymore. Yeah. So I do think there is sort of a global leveling um yeah. that we're beginning which, to see take place, which is really exciting. Fantastic and so exciting. It's so exciting to see. I I don't I it's really exciting to see. I would love to see just like a little bit more of a leveling of I'd love to see Morocco I'd love to see a Morocco make the semis I'd love to see Morocco make the final I think that'd be awesome I think Um, they have they have and I will say they have so many supporters there um mm -hmm. and they are really it's it's home games until the end for them basically Um, yeah and that and I honestly think they have a really really good chance of making the semi I think so too um, I think uh, making the final is a bit harder. They'll have to beat Brazil. Yeah. Um, which, which is not impossible, but I think will be very difficult. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. But I mean, but they definitely, I think they, unlike, unlike Landon Donovan, they're not scared of anyone um, and they are skilled and ready to play and they will oh, be yeah. a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. Um, well, with that, that's the wrap up of the round of 16. Any last comments well, from you? Uh, no, we will see you in less than a week um, after the quarterfinals. A lot of soccer, not enough time. I would like to give a shout out to Arsenal's women for beating Juventus in the oh, Women's yeah. Champions League. Shout out to Mitama. What a goal. What a goal. We have, I will say, I'm so sorry. On the podcast, we have slightly been slacking on the fact that women's football is still going. Um, maybe because there's less games to talk about with the quarterfinals, I think we should maybe do a little bit more of a discussion of what's going Agreed. on. There's just been a we lot can of talk soccer. About, um, yeah, we can but just talk a about little bit. The, like WSL has been going on. Um, a lot of the Champions League has been going on. So we will. City um, women are now nine consecutive. Yeah. Wins. Yeah. So we uh, acknowledge that we've uh, taken a step back from that, but we'll get back to that next week because there'll just be less games to talk about in the World Cup. Um, but wanted to give a shout out to to my girl. Woo-woo. Um, indeed, indeed. Anyway, um, that's it. So um, we will talk to you soon um, after another set of what looks like uh, some very entertaining quarterfinal matches. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.